Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian. Uh, sadly, not joining us tonight is your co-host, Jim. He is uh, under the weather. Uh, he's come down with some sort of ailment. Uh, got it through the family. Uh, so we hope he'll be back with us next week. Uh, get better, Jim. Uh, all, but all, joining us, as always, is your co-host, Hunter. Live from the Universal Studios in Florida, it's the Space Game Junkie Podcast. <laughs> just, just kidding, we're not in Universal. How 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 awesome would that be, though? Like my God, like I but was we are doing it live. Yeah, we, we are. You know, I often often like chuckle at those like old like nineties uh, like TV shows where it was like live from. It's like you had the guy from like Full House or whatever it was. Oh anyway. right. Right, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, also joining us is your co-host, Spaz. And live in front of an indifferent studio audience. <laughs> and friends, we are starting off 2020. By the way, Happy New Year and New Decade. Uh, first podcast of the 20s. Uh, I am in my pinstripe suit, three-piece. You know, with <laughs> no, and, and, and still no flying cars. Thanks, Jetsons. Thank God. No, thank God we don't have flying cars. People can barely handle two dimensions. Come on. No, <laughs> don't, that's true. Don't give them a third. Eh, yeah, it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> Unless they were as easy to fly as the Jetsons. Uh, but folks, joining us tonight for our first podcast of the 20s, uh, Brian Jameson, the creative director at Jump Drive Studios, to talk about XO, which is a spaceship survival game it's a, like it's a, it's a hug and a kiss it's it's, it's a <laughs> it's a space it's it's a crew it's a resource management crew management survival running away game <laughs> with spaceships like how would you describe it how would you describe it brian uh well, uh, it's a uh, it's a strategic fleet defense game. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm I'm just kidding. It's it's uh, it's all about building a fleet, and I'm, maybe the best way to describe it would be: um, I was drinking beer one night and really wanted to be Admiral Adama from Battlestar Galactica. Mm. Action stations, right? Set condition one. So that uh, that's where it came from. And um, I have to say, you have really captured that um, that desperate feeling of, uh, of of it must have been to be in that fleet of Battlestar Galactica, like because water is a is a resource in your game. I keep yeah. thinking of that episode, that BSG episode about water. Uh, after which they never talk about water again. But for <laughs> that one episode, it was everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really like that episode, right? Because the recycling, they like they recycled their water. They did, right? And then it it got blown up by uh, one of the Cylons, and yeah, it got blown into space. Yeah, they had like a reservoir. For those who haven't watched the show since two thousand four, yeah, spoilers for a for a fifteen sixteen year old show. (laughs) We indeed. If you haven't watched PSG this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't actually watched it, well, that's probably on you. Yeah. Well, watch the first two seasons and then the first like four episodes and then just stop. Like as soon as they leave New Caprica, just stop. Just don't watch anything else after that. If you're ever going to watch PSG. 
Because the rest I, of it I is total garbage. <laughs> What was that? It's actually, you know, the first, the pilot and uh, that episode 33. 33 uh, really, is one of the finest episodes of science fiction television ever made. Yeah, th- that, I, that's I, really I, what made me make XO. I, I couldn't get that episode out of my mm, head. It was just so oh. on the edge and everybody was just so tense and right. just beautiful, you know, like and perfect your game, sci-fi. And your game does that because, folks, if you haven't played it, you basically start off as a temporary commander of this weaponless battleship. Uh, So it's not really a battleship. It's just a big ship with no guns. Uh, (laughs) Like, would you call a ship with no guns a battleship? I guess it's a class, maybe. But it's a battleship with no guns. And all of a sudden, like, you realize, hey, none of the mail is arriving. Hey, where is everybody? Excuse me. And then suddenly these, um, what are they called? Harvesters? These... Yeah. These, har- these these purple ships start showing up. They're called harvesters. You don't know why they're called harvesters. They're just you know they're called harvesters, but we're like we don't know why. Uh, start like taking ships in front of you. Like they don't shoot lasers. They shoot like little boarding pods. And so like you gotta like run the hell away. But you have like you but you have to try and rescue people at the same time. But you only have so many resources, so you can only rescue so many people. <laughs> And it is like 33, like you'll be like, you'll jump into a system. Then you'll be like, okay, we have probably like five minutes before they get here. And there's two ships and one of them is like a regular freighter, but the other one generates food. Ooh, let's try and let's try and recruit those guys. Oh God. The purple guys jumped in. We got to (laughs) leave. And it's like over. And there are are times you can split your fleet and do both, but. I hate, I hate doing that. I hate doing that. I hate it takes finesse. You have to you have to send one of your fast ships to get to the freighter first because you get to the freighter first and you recruit it and that improves your relations to that faction. And at the same time you've got another ship already on the way to the food ship. You get right. the food ship after that because your relations are better and you can stag oh. both of them before you have to bug out. Yeah, because they won't even talk to you if uh, if they don't like you. If you have bad relations with them, they won't even they won't even give you the time of day. And, and I like how the game has events uh, even between jumps that can change your relations. Like I like made one of the factions I had passengers with really upset because these terrorists decided to take hostages, and I just outright killed them because I'm like, we didn't have time for this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't get the good result. There, there is a there is a really good result with that particular event. I know oh, really? exactly which one you're talking about. Oh, yeah. No. yeah, I don't want to spoil it. I Please won't don't. spoil it, but there is a great event for the, the result for that event. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting how there is combat, but that like feels, at least in the games I've played so far, which have never lasted that long, uh, it feels like a last resort. Like, like you have weapons yeah. just to defend yourself before you get the hell out of there, basically. Yeah, I'm definitely part of the focus of the game has been to try out non-combat mechanics. And the more that I played with, like, what can I do here that doesn't involve shooting, the more excited I got about what possibilities there were. So I've tried to make it so that you can play, I call it playing as Razor, you know, to use the Battlestar Galactica reference. Another spoiler. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the the captain of the Razor was super brutal and just, you know, took what they needed and, you know, left people behind and 
just was really ruthless and very warlike. So I've tried to make it so that you can you can play that style, but you can also play like, hey, I'm really I'm going to be Adama. I'm going to try and rescue everybody. I'm going to do the best that I possibly can, and then all the wheels come off and it gets tough. But um, yeah, so trying trying to like balance as many different types of play styles as I can has been a really interesting challenge. In it. I, I take more of the middle ground approach. You you pick yeah. two factions that you work well with and you prioritize getting them on your side, as many of their ships as you can. And for the others, if you have to make them an enemy, so be it. But hmm. for me, that ends up being the Irenic and the Empire ships. Yeah, I think the the we're in early access now, so and we've only been in early access for a few a few days longer than a month, so we've got a lot more work to do. And I think one of the things that I'm going to be doing is sort of making it more like that spaz, like where where um, you're you're doing those kinds of actions and sort of being forced to choose who's going to be your friends, at least in the moment. Um, and there's a lot of fluidity in the relations too. You know, you can be friends with the Irenic and then bad things happen. And it turns out you have to be friends with the empire for a while. And then you seesaw, you can seesaw back and forth. So it's meant to be more fluid kind of, I don't know, game of Thronesy style where you never exactly know who's going to be your friend, depending on what's happening. So uh, I'm going to be playing a lot more with those kinds of events and, a lot more of the kind of political, like between jump events that you were talking about. Um, I've only really just scratched the surface on those. I'm so excited about doing a lot more of that kind of gray area. Oh man, I what's what's the best of a bunch of bad choices uh, type events? Yeah, I noticed that a lot of the events, if you even if you make a gain in one area, you may lose in reputation as a result of your gain. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, uh, I, I mean, obviously I'm not trying to model real life, but it's based on a lot of, you know, historical stuff that I've done, things that have happened to me personally. And, 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 you know, sort of the reality that oftentimes there are just gray areas and you, you guys, you got to do the best you can and like hope. All right. That's I'm going this direction. I feel like that's the way to go. And, Hopefully that that pans out. So, so yeah, like, there, there are certain. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I, I just noticed there are certain events in which, say, for example, you come across a station and you know the event, you've dealt with it before. You know that that's going to require you to defend a station for a couple of days, and you know you just don't have the people to do it. Yeah. So you go in, you see the situation, and and while your orders are talk to everyone, it seems like the best option in that case is to just not even broach the communication subject. You just get out of there before you even talk to them because that's the only way you can survive because you can't defend them and your fleet. So the only option is to do nothing. It's yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it's, it's, it's definitely about that. Like I, uh, I, that's definitely part of the design of the game. It's certainly part of my mentality is you cannot rescue everyone. If you try to rescue everyone, it's over. 
Um, and, and instead of just like, Oh, here's this, here's that, here's that. And you just get bigger and bigger and bigger. You, you can't do that. You have to be very careful about, dare I say, strategic about where you, <laughs> where you put your pragmatic. resources. I'd say pragmatic. Yeah. Is, pragmatic. Is and, and sometimes brutally. So, you know, like, uh, that that's tough. It, it can lead to some difficult things and it tips things one way or another in terms of how your strategy is going to roll as well. So yeah, that's, that's, that's been a big thing going from the very beginning, making sure that that, those kind of difficult decisions had to be made. Um, is like, so I, uh, for example, like with FTL, which I love, it's like a perfect game in my mind. I, there's like almost nothing I can say that's even remotely bad about it. It's, but um, it's it's a it's a phenomenal game. But the events in that game, uh, they they very often just tend to be interesting in that they precipitate a violent encounter. And to the extent that there's things like you have a special crew or something, those blue options show up. They're always the right decision. And I like how that works in FTL. I think that's really cool, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do something where each decision has sort of real consequences strategically. And sometimes a decision is like, oh, you know, I can actually use this to sort of swap relationships, or I can use this to get rid of some crew, or I can use this to bolster relations with these guys or buy me some time to repair or whatever. Um, so that's that's what I've been trying to do. I don't hit it with all the events, but I'm really, really trying to to do that. Now I noticed that some of those events, uh, they always have the same outcome with the the choices you pick. Which, compared to FTL, where if it's not a blue option, there's a percentage chance that it can work one way or the other. Yes, and and I prefer the way it is in this, is where you know what the result will be through experience, and that makes it a, a kind of meta in that sense that you you sort of know what you're getting into if you've seen the event before, you've you've done it a couple of times, you know what the the um, I'm going to say quote unquote correct answer would be, mm. the optimal answer would be, you do that, you know what you're going to get. That still yeah, doesn't I, protect you for the next five or ten events down the line, which I, can totally screw you over. I, mean, I appreciate that because you don't always want to be a slave to the random number god, you know. I mean, you yeah. want you want some at least some consistency, so you know sometimes, like, so you'll know sometimes what you're getting into, and that'll just keep you going forward. Yeah, it's a really interesting, difficult design decision. So. Uh, we, we, so there's two things that I want to do that we haven't yet implemented in the game. Um, and one of them is branching events, which is Ooh. something I'm super excited about where a certain option can trigger a number of possible options. So you, you don't necessarily know exactly what you're going to get, but you'd know that it would be sort of positive if that makes sense. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah. rather than like absolute failure. And that's the way that I like to employ this sort of randomness. Cause I, because uh, uh, I think a, a legitimate concern or legitimate worry about events that are fixed is like you said, you, you know, 
if you learn them all, it gets meta and you're like, okay, I know that I know the choice here. But if that choice can precipitate several possibilities, I think that's pretty exciting and, and interesting and it throws kind of a spanner into the works, but it doesn't necessarily it doesn't take away from like I, I feel like I've made the right decision here, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So so in in that moment you've made the right decision, but you don't know what necessarily all of the consequences of that decision could be. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And result of them in future future sec- Sorry, you cut out on me there. Oh, what I was saying was uh, that there might be event chains that lead into future sectors. So the 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 knock on effects wouldn't necessarily be immediate. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, that's that's a perfect lead into what what I'm very excited about doing next, um, which are these quests. So right now, events. Uh, they either happen at your current destination or they're at most like one jump away. And sometimes they can take several days to occur, but you're, you're limited in scope. So what I'm excited about doing is having these quests that actually require you to jump quite a distance um, and potentially even collect up things along the way and accomplish things along the way mm. in order for you to achieve the sort of ultimate goal. And um you know, my current thinking right now, and I should say this is all in flux because we're in early access and, you know, this is, it's not a promise, but it's what I'm currently thinking about. But my, my current thinking is right now there's these faction leaders in the game, right? And each of the four factions that are not your own have this special power that you can get if you get a faction leader. And the powers are like the ability to jury rig a disabled ship or the in- ability to intimidate a, a warship and make them jump away instead of fight you, stuff like that. So right now, the faction leaders occur randomly, which is cool. But what I'd really like to do is tie the acquisition of a faction leader to completing a quest, um, which you know would make the most sense to be in service to that faction. So... Uh, that's where I'm leaning towards in, in that respect and, uh, and tying those to multi-jump uh, longer-term quests with, with you know, branching events or items that you need to collect along the way. I think um, I'm super excited about that. That would be awesome. Yeah, I, I could see that being something like keep certain ships alive. Uh, yeah. And then get them, get them through a couple of different destinations and then, you know, maybe it, you're you're asked, uh, you know, find this find this stash. It's uh, it's a couple jumps away. Get to that stash, open that, and then bring whatever you find there, that MacGuffin, to another location. And then, hey, maybe you get a leader out of that. Right. It rescue our priceless cultural artifacts, or save, you know. X number of our people or, you know, stuff like that, where it ties it more into um, really bonding and, and, and weighing in with a faction. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. I'm, I'm super excited about it. And we're just, a, there's just a couple of things that we need to get in place in order to make it happen. I mean, apart from writing the content, which <laughs> takes a bit, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm I'm super psyched about that as a as a next kind of step to like bring it all together. That and the um, the the sort of 
political, I call them fleet events, the, the ones that happen sort of right when you emerge from jump. Uh, the interfaction events? Yeah, yeah, there need to be many, 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 many more of those. I've got like 70-something ideas that I need to <laughs> implement. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, I know the community has plenty, too. The what? I know the community has plenty, too. Of oh, yeah. Oh my God. The, the players that we have are so awesome. I've just been getting like a great stream of ideas. It's been fantastic. I have to say like the doing the Kickstarter has been really awesome and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I got a lot out of that, but this early access has been like another level of fantastic. Um, Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. It's, I was, I, you know, I believed in it as a thing, uh, but it was still like, I believe in this fingers crossed, you know, like, <laughs> you know, having never done early access before you don't, you don't know. And it's a huge risk, right? Like, right. Yeah. And, so, and, and some games have really good early access periods and some, you know, they don't, they don't handle early access well. So there, there is a stigma. Uh, it's hard to do. It's hard to do. I mean, yeah. games are really hard to do. You guys know they're, they're yeah. super, super hard to do. Um, yeah, I'm, and, I'm and, surprised anyone goes into it. I mean, it's like yeah. all this work and, and your game might not sell well, or the, you might get a toxic community out of it. It's just gaming is such a weird thing that we all love with all our hearts. <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> I don't understand yeah. it sometimes. Uh, yeah, it's sort of like cage match fighting. It's like this combination of a lot of things. And, you know, you have to be able to withstand pretty harsh criticism. Yeah. and Plus uncertainty, because, I mean, getting visibility yeah. on a game these days is tough. Don't I know it? Oh, my God. Yeah, and it's I, really hard. There's so many releases. I, I Not only that, but I have to say with a game that has a name like yours that can't make it much easier. I mean, you're, Oh, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. About that. Uh, um, maybe you have a subtitle or something. I don't know. I don't know. We thought we joke about that all the time, you know, like XO colon the obligatory subtitle, you know, like some like, goofy thing like that but Run no you know void. it's it's gone a lot better than i've thought actually and we are actually starting to gain traction on youtube with with xo and and oh, if you put good. in just yesterday we turned the corner on steam so now if you just put xo into the steam store it actually comes up which it didn't oh. for the entirety of our first um month I, he- I heard people talking about that like it didn't come up yeah. in the search what? Oh, that freaked me out. And, you know, oh, I have geez. to say, like, I, I, I have to say Valve has been amazing. Like, when we first got greenlit, actually, I think even before we got greenlit, back when greenlighting was, that's how old this game is. That's how long yeah. it's been in development. Um, <laughs> right? So before that even happened, they changed their search algorithm just for us to allow a two-letter search. I mean, and they've been, like, oh, super wow. responsive and, and just super fantastic. And I understood why... Um, XO wasn't coming up in the basic search box. I mean, it, it's all about, you know, trying to keep people from manipulating stuff and, you know, doing black hat 
kind of things. But I'm I'm really psyched that now we are up on that, and and now um, even Google searches are starting to return us. So it's we're getting there. You know, it's it's a process, and you know we're yeah, still in how, early access. So that's how I found your Steam pages via Google. So oh sweet. So yeah, it works. But Google Something's is working. well, Google's insanely fast. They're like yeah. they're like insane like. Like they just get faster and faster at picking stuff up. So like back when they started, like, oh, you might rank in a month or three, uh, maybe. But now it's like within a day of putting a page up, they'll have it. If if even sooner, depending on the site. Yeah, like, it's incredible. And I, I think even YouTube is even better. Like I've just seen oh, yeah. over the past couple of weeks how they're really linking to us now, which is it's just phenomenal and, and it's great. And, you know, it benefits everybody. It's, and it's the same thing with valve. You know, they want games. So it's not right, like, right. <laughs> you know, they we're all, we're all rowing in the same direction here. So, yeah, it's, it's like, people don't talk about how people think Google's the biggest search engine in the world. It's like really the YouTube is might be even bigger <laughs> in terms of usage and whatnot. Well, it's, it's YouTube though. Yeah. Oh yes, that's true. But, they are, they are separate entities. So like if you do a search for something on Google and a search for something on YouTube, you'll get very different results mm. <laughs> for the same exact search. Um, so they are very different search engines, uh, but people don't think of YouTube as a search engine, but Holy crap. Are they a search engine? Yeah, it's amazing. So they've been really great. And, and, you know, I mean, in, in a way, like having a two letter name, sort of helps. That's the way I'm telling myself. And it's, you know, it's too late, too late. It's too late now. So, uh, I'm good with it. I'm, I'm really good with it. I it, think it, if, yeah, good. It works with the almost Vectrek like graphics of the, uh, of the game, just that X and that O it, it's just for some reason that yeah. works really well. And I love the graphics by the way, I, 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 I play it and I feel like I'm playing a, a Vectrex game, which Thanks, folks, that's, Totally. Yeah, I was so into those games and uh, I spent an enormous amount of time playing like, you know, Battlezone and Black Widow and Omega mm. Race and all of those like awesome vector based games. And right. uh, I, I really I, you don't see games with a like vector look and I really love mm. the look and I'm like, wow, you know, we've got so much resolution now we can make those lines really sharp. Right. I think the only other like modern game that has really tried to copy on that is like, was it Tempest 4000, like a recent Tempest clone, which is apparently pretty good. Uh, yeah. That, um, yeah. What was that uh, game that came out? <clears throat> it was like early days of steam, but it was like these, uh, this is like a strategy game. We had all these little guys that you could control. No, uh, uh, the, the Tron inspired one, right? Intro. The one that the, had the, uh, the, it's the introversion game, right? Um, Oh my god! Yeah, that was kind of like some vector graphics stuff there, wasn't it? Yeah, Man, at least that's one thing. I anyway, you think of Darwinia? I think yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, you got. Oh, I got yeah, the, that's right. The, oh, I remember that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah Introversion software. Yes, two thousand five. Darwinia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was one. Like I was, I, you know, obviously I did a big search. I wanted to do something unique because I think it's so important when you're doing a game to have a unique visual because there's so many options out there. If you don't catch somebody's eye, like immediately Mm, they're gone. And 
I, I really do love the way that space games look, but I think for me, if you put like three space games up and just give me like two seconds to look at them, I couldn't tell the difference between them. And I didn't oh, want to have that happen. That is a down. Um, that, I have to admit that's a downside to covering space games. Like, yeah, I asked for P I asked for feedback on my YouTube channel and someone was like, all your thumbnails are black. I'm like, uh, hello. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I use screenshots from games and they're all base anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like as with the genre, <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's, you know, you're going to do space. It's going to be black. It's, you know, it's kind of, you can't have white, you know? So th yeah. there's, there are sort of like limitations, but when I was thinking about it, I just, I'm like, Oh, you know, this has got to be vector. And, um, and it, it saved us a lot as well, you know, sort of like from a selfish game designer, uh, person who has to pay for it standpoint. We don't have any <laughs> textures in the game, you know? There's no textures, zero. Um, so, wow. right? They're just colored materials. I mean, I guess you can call them textures, but it's just, it's the same texture with a color on it. Um, so that was, that was big. It, it made it easier to make. Um, and it meant that we could focus our energy on doing things like making the planets cool. And we spent a lot of time on that and, and, you know, having more, uh, more polys on the models. So there's a, there's an enormous amount of detail on the, on the, on the ships, um, that, you know, you, you we wouldn't get if you had a big, uh, if you had a bunch of textures and, and that kind of thing, I don't think. Because uh, you just push your engine over, you'd, you'd knock everybody's CPU, you know, screaming to the floor. I, I have to say, um, besides the graphics, one of my favorite things about the game, besides you know the gameplay, uh, <laughs> is is the UI. Like the oh, UI yeah. just fascinates me. I love I love the ship bar, the persistent ship bar on the left. I love that. Thanks. But I find it fascinating how like when you select a target, you can choose to go the short way or the long way. I've, I've not gotten to a point where I've chosen the long way. So what are like, what are the differences between those two choices and why would, why would you pick one or the other? Yeah. So that's a really great question. The, the easiest example uh, uh, for that is if you've got a ship that's uh, already, let's say you've got a frigate, they're real fast and you've dispatched it to go uh, save a farm ship that's way out on the edges and there's another ship on the other side, on the other hemisphere, if you will. And, uh, and it's close to you, relatively speaking. But the harvesters jump in in the middle. So the short way would require you to go uh, drifting, shall we, will, shall we say, uh, through, the, through the harvesters, which is going to nuke your frigate. So you need to go the long way if you're going to catch that other ship. Oh... And there's, there's other tactical reasons why you would want to do it. Um, it doesn't come up super frequently, but when it comes up, you really, really need to do it. Right. right. Uh, it's, it's a little bit mitigated by the waypoint. Um, that, that gives a little bit more precision, but, um, but yeah. And the, the UI is something we've worked literally for years on. It's been so hard. Uh, 
when we first started, it was just a nightmare. It was a terrible, just god awful thing. And we'd show up to a convention and people would be like, what is this? <laughs> just completely not understand it. It was so painful. Uh, and you know, we come back, we do a bunch of work on it and go, yeah, this is the thing. This is the thing. Go out to another convention. People just hated it. It didn't work. You know, just why are you doing this? Uh, so it, <laughs> It's been a lot of work, like so much work uh, to get the UI working. And, you know, we still have work to do. There's still things that, that aren't explained. Like I'm the, I'm the king in this game of like unexplained functionality, right? There's still, there's still things that you can do in the game that sort of doesn't tell you about um, that we're working on. Uh, Like being able to control the, the, um, the list of ships. You have the two arrows at the top and bottom. Yeah, it's scrolling. Yeah. And yeah. Now, one thing I wanted to mention about that is sometimes you're going to the bottom arrow to try to scroll it down and it keeps on moving the camera. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so my suggestion on that would maybe to be raise the button up a bit, even though it might, it might uh, compress the ship list a little bit. Just for the sake of usability, it might make it a little easier to to see the button if it's below the list. Yeah, that's a great idea. We need to do a little bit more on that. It's funny because I was just writing, before this, I was just writing a a story on our uh, development board to address some of those issues. So one of the things that I'd like to explore, it may not end up being this way, but um, if you're hovering in that uh, fleet list on the left, and you're using the scroll wheel to uh, to select ships. To scroll uh, the list instead of going through it. Right, it would scroll the list. Um, and then if you're outside of the fleet list and you're using the scroll wheel, that rolls through ships in your fleet, and then it would just scroll it also. So you'd, you'd always sort of see the ship that was selected in your fleet list. Um, but there's more work that needs to be done there, no question. We're not, that's, that is not the best part of the game yet, but we'll get there. We'll, we'll for sure get oh, there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it does need a little work, but I love what's there. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. And, you know, that that's early access, right? I mean, that's yeah. like getting this sort of feedback is so priceless, right? And watching, in particular, watching streamers has been fantastic. I like catch things and be like, oh, yeah, we're not going to let that happen again. Hey, so Starbucks. <laughs> right. Just found what? Starbucks. <laughs> what happened? Oh, the, the, there's a ship you can find. Yeah, yeah. There's a few nods in there to different. Uh, oh, to different really? Things. I didn't even. I didn't even notice. Like, how big a fleet can you get? Like, my biggest fleet, I think, has been eight so far. Eight or oh, nine. Much bigger. Um, I, I'm not sure what the largest anyone has had. I've had them in the 40s. Oh uh, my god! Listen. Listen, Brian, it's not about the size of the fleet. It's oh. <laughs> so, so yeah, 40 you... something for sure is. My God. Um, that's, that's. I can't imagine. Doable. I can't imagine that because, like, there, I mean, I, there's just so many. I, I felt like eight was like, oh my God, what am I going to do with all these guys? I'm not going to touch them. I'm just going to, like, like, if there's a ship I want to talk to, I'm just going to send this one guy. <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah. everyone else just keep going <laughs> that i mean that works except when you're when the one guy you want to talk to is like a fleet of five ships <sighs> and they get mad so true you know you you'll get there don't don't sweat it you you'll you'll get your fleet size up and 
you know. I think I had something like 30 or 35 ships in my last run when I got to the rendezvous. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good size fleet. You can do a lot with a fleet that size. Uh, and I got to say, I love the um, the resource modeling. I like how uh, your, your your flagship can um, automatically gather resources, but you can only gather so many for your fleet. Um, at least with that one ship, you have to find other ships, like supply ships to increase your capacity so you can save more ships. Yeah, that's been a really, thank you. And that's been a really interesting thing where I, so I love real-time strategy games. I mean, I absolutely played them so, so much, you know, going back to Dune, um, Mm, played so, so many of the greats and, um, the model I think is fantastic. So I wanted to capture some of that sort of real-time strategy kind of feeling in the game without it being grindy and resource intensive, no tech trees, you know, none of that stuff. I really wanted Mm. to like strip it all bare and just get to like the core of it. So um, we, we made all the resources basically sort of auto collect i mean for or you can you can you need to set ships you need to decide to tell ships to do it once you tell them to do it they'll just keep you know collecting it um but water and fuel which are super critical like you can't do anything without those they're just automatic and that was a process like when we when we first started the game uh there was a there was a band around uh each planet where you had to fly your ships into and then they would gather um, oh God! And we tried. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Oh God! Uh, Thank you for yeah, we tried that. Thank you. Yeah, for- absolutely. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, and and I had to be whacked over the head. Um, I think it was like uh, it was in an event we were at, and um, somebody who I really respect said, uh, "Yeah, you, how are you going to stop grind? How are you going to make this not grindy?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I need to need to address that because uh, grindy is not fun." Right. It depends. Um, like I, I don't mind a bit of grind. If the grind is like, if I feel like I've made progress with the grind, like there are games where you play and you're like, I'm just spinning my wheels here. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm doing yeah. all this stuff and barely getting anywhere, but other games like that have good mission payouts or the, the mining pays well. Then it's like, I don't mind the grind if it's fun if it's if if it's enjoyable right like, and it's like it's getting that i totally agree oh, with it's you it's got to be it's hard it's got to be so hard to get make that right i don't know how it people is, do it it is really really hard i think for us making it only one thing that you really kind of have to grind on which is ore and you have to make a decision and there's there's basically three things any ore ship most of the ore uh, mining ships can do, which is mine ore or melt ice or defend you. And those are meaningful choices. And it depends on a lot of other factors as well, but you kind of really have to decide, okay, what is this fleet ship going to do? What's the most important thing for me? And figure all the other, you know, the time constraints, the harvesters coming down on you and how many resources, where's the next trade event and all that. How many missiles do I want to fire? All those things. Um, but we re- we really scaled it back. Like originally, the- there were five different resources in the beginning, and that 
you know, I don't know what I was thinking. That was just wrong. <laughs> What were the other two? Because like the three you have seem pretty straightforward. What were like? What was it? Fuel, water, and ore. Yeah. Do you want to guess, or do you want me to tell you? No. Okay. Oh, okay. Well. Okay. I'll. I'm gonna guess. Um. I'm guessing one was some kind of space, like unobtonium type special material you can only get at certain planets, and. Then- Oh damn! Okay, um, do you guys have a guess, Hunter? Style? Unused resources for five hundred. <laughs> I would Wait. guess food was a resource. Ding 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 ding! Oh, food nice. was one of them. Okay, food, oxygen. Yeah. Wow! wow for the win, nice. All right, yeah, job, us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, air, air, and uh, air and food, and um, uh, yeah, that. It, it all compressed into water. Yeah, which I appreciate because you're getting to the point where you, you just hear that song from Emma. You just hear the title song from Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> you should think to yourself, it's just a show. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. slow, slow down. Yeah, so. it was, it was, it was going to be insane. There were going to be, you know, food ships and water ships and airships. Oh, God. And like that, that was. <laughs> Just you know, no. airships could have been cool. You could have had space blimps, like in I know, uh, like right? in uh, zeppelins, iron, iron, space iron Zeppelin. sky, or whatever that was with right? the space, yeah, with the space Nazis, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Iron, yeah, the space blimps. <laughs> Maybe if <laughs> we ever Zeppelin. do a sequel, we'll do the we'll do the uh, the space zeppelins, but uh, but no, not not with one of them named the Iron Zeppelin. Uh, Absolutely, got to do it. Got to do it. But not this time around. Piloted I think it's better. I think it's better. Is that what I'm... Uh, I see. I don't know. Would you get in trouble if you used that? Probably. Wait, well, no. It's the name the, of a... It's the name of the, the Iron game Maiden. Ion Maiden got in trouble, so they had to rename themselves. That's so, true. Yeah, I would say so. But they Iron Maiden uh, yeah. is also a tortured device. It's a name of a thing, not just a band. So I don't know. But well, yeah, I, I, I made. I'd not like to find out. Right, but I, I made. Yeah, they got into a bit of trouble. Why I don't yeah. understand, but I still don't get that one. <laughs> like I've, I've got a couple of nods. Like you, you came across the ship, uh, Starbuck. I feel like that's you know a legit nod, and I've got yeah some traveler references and <laughs> you know old role playing references and you know kind of goofy oh, stuff God. in there. I've but, never uh, I've never played Traveler, but I played the computer version. Uh, it was called Space. <laughs> it's from 1979. And really? It was, yeah, it was. Is made it any for, good? It it I never got that far because I died in character creation, like, <laughs> which apparently is a Traveler thing. And I never I never got that far, but apparently for people who know Traveler, it is a pretty honest representation you could you can get it today you can get an apple emulator it's only available on like old apples and and a rom and run it and apparently it's pretty true to traveler <laughs> i i'm so doing that and you know traveler was like a massive inspiration so um oh, okay a, a mass massive inspiration i played so much travel back in the day like i have all of those little supplements from you know the little weird half size 
all the black books, all the supplements, all that stuff. I played that game like ridiculously. And, um, you know, the, the idea of jumping came from traveler. Right. Um, and, and the idea of the game being the, the traveler role-playing system, if you haven't played it, the whole idea is the worlds are totally disconnected. And the only way they get information is these ships jump between them and they kind of act as like mail ships. So, uh, you know, if you're on the run or something like that, there's, as long as you stay ahead of the news of those, uh, ships, you know, like no one would even know. (laughs) So like you can arrive at a planet a few days before a mail ship and like do what you got to do and then get the hell out before the mail ship arrives and tells everyone what an asshole you are. Oh, okay. right. Exactly. So it's like, it's like that old, like, you know, 1800s <laughs> gunslinger, you know, bank robber, whatever sort of thing, Bonnie and Clyde stuff, or, you know, get over the state line or that kind of thing. So like, yeah. I thought, I always thought that was a cool thing to do in a game. And I, there, I'm sure it's been done in other space games. I've never played a game that was like that. And, you know, the idea that there are these just sort of bubbles that you jump to and you get to a place and they haven't seen the harvesters and they don't kind of know what's going on. You've got to be the person to sort of tell it to as, them. As someone who has played a lot of space games, that really has not been done uh, in very many. Actually, I'm trying to think of any game like that. Um, I've, I've run into a few events in this game in which that's very well reflected that mm. you tell them and they don't believe you <laughs> and then they yeah. leave. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the narrative also is it's, it's a little subtle and maybe I should be, you know, clear about it, but the idea is all those, they're like, um, you know, like cars driving on the road or whatever. They don't have radar. They don't have advanced systems. All they get are like transponders, you know, so the harvesters don't have transponders, so they literally don't see them. So they're particularly in the early part of the game, the, the narrative is supposed to reflect them being like, what, you know, are you sure this isn't like a trick? Are you not, you know, like, isn't this just another faction, you know, doing some kind of thing? And you're like, no, no, no. So, uh, that's, that's theory. Right. Right. <clears throat> Never happens. Right. Nobody ever believes that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, and, and being able to play off of those kind of memes that are going on, um, also is kind of fun around that, um, you know, that the sort of conspiracies and, and stuff has been really fun, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I should do, I should actually do now that I'm talking about, it, I should do more events where you, you're needing to persuade more. Um, that would, that would, come be, back, come that, that would add a fun level of frustration. Like I'm telling you the truth. I don't believe you. There's right. there's no one underneath that pizza parlor. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I would say that is one of those things where it would lend itself more to dialogue trees rather than just mm. being a single response and then their response. Because yeah. you could you can make the the best argument that way through multiple uh instances of dialogue within that conversation rather than just a quick one and done kind of thing. Yeah. So we can, we can already do that with our existing technology. Uh, I don't actually know how many levels I can go. I've gone three or maybe four levels and you can 
you can go up a level or just be forced to go down a level um, as or stay on the same level. So there's a, there's a little bit of flexibility there. I, I, I use a script that uh, sort of pre-generates most of the, most of the code for the, for the events. Um, and there's only three levels I think reflected in that, but that doesn't mean I, you can't do more. I, I'm not sure that there's even a limit actually. So it'd be fun to play with that. Um, it's, it's, a little bit, it's a factor of time and I have to sort of make this internal calculation like, okay, how much time should I spend on this particular event? Oh, I can make this so cool if they, if it responds to this thing and you know, that thing. And so, yeah. Uh, Wouldn't it be cool if yes, it led to so much scope creep in so many games. So dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So what I, what I try and do is when I come up with something like that, I try and apply it to as many events as possible. So, you know, at least there's, you know, that that kind of thing, like if you maroon a crew on a station, or you maroon a crew on a disabled ship, or you put a crew on a ship that's not their faction, there's this reaction, right? They they're clearly unhappy about it, and they let you know that they're unhappy about it, and you have to decide, you know, do I deal with that or not? But uh, those those kind of things is what I've been focusing on, um, and then I've got a big list of things that I need to go back through the events and make them more tricky is the wrong word, but more interesting, more, um, more something, you know, funny, crazy, more diverse, tricky, diverse. Yeah. Something like that. So can you like, first off, how many factions are there in the game besides yourself? Four. Okay. Can you be friends with all of them? Yes. Good. It's very okay. hard. Well, it's that's- very hard. See, in any game I play, as John Mulaney says, I want everyone to like me so much. (laughs) (laughs) I just need everyone to like me. Yeah, you pay the price for that, though. If you're going to do that, uh, you pay the price for it. But it's uh, it's definitely possible to do. Um, I don't know if it's possible to go all the way through the game with everybody liking you all the time. Um, I haven't. I'm not sure that I've tried. Um, I've, I've had green relations with all of them to me yeah. uh, through through about uh, day 70 or so. Yeah. But but by that point, yeah, going all the way to the end is a different matter because, well, certain events are going to force you to have to make choices or you're going to yeah. be skipping events and losing out on chips potentially. Uh, of course, the other right. thing is just because they like you doesn't mean they like each other. Uh, you maybe want to you want to touch on the the interfaction relations on that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. The, so it's not just the factions relating to you. All the factions relate to one another as well, and the things that you do can affect their relations. So there's nothing in the game that where like the factions will just decide to like or hate each other. It's all based on things that you do. So uh, if you mix crews on a ship, for example it can cause certain events to happen um, where if you do the right thing, the factions learn to like each other. And um, what I haven't done yet, I don't know if I should do this spoiler or not. Um, I I do intend things to happen if they like you. I'm sorry, if they like each other more than they like you. So... I I did have something happen like that where I had this like a watership 
uh, yeah. who joined me. And then they were like, these guys are giving me a better offer. What are you going to do? And I tried to, I tried to outbid them and they're like, nope, sorry. We still like them better. And then they still left. Yes. <laughs> God. Yeah. Damn it. So I was really upset. <laughs> I was really upset. <laughs> yeah. So I, I definitely intend to do more and, and sort of amp that up as well. So it's, it's, uh, it's a little Machiavellian in that, you know, you, you have to be careful if you're going to let people like each other that you have, that they have to like you as well. Right. Because but I need, that's how bad things happen. I need everyone to like me. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, I just want everyone to be happy and everyone to like each other. Even the harvesters. Like, why can't we like the har? There, have you come across the event where they're the two trying to make them like them? I have. The harvesters? No. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, boy. That, yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, there's some there's some interesting ones like that. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I've had I, so... I know that event well. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I've had so much fun putting these events together. I just like it, it's it's so great. And uh, my developer has been so awesome making the structure of the events uh, that it's just so neat. Like I can like do almost anything now. It's so, it's so cool. I'm having a ball with it. There's so yeah. many more events. Oh, I'm excited because I really love the writing. I was going to say the the writing of the events is like, even when the game is being extraordinarily cruel, it's still <laughs> yeah, which, fun. It does, it's, which it does from time to time. It's still funny. It's, it, it's still funny. <laughs> like it's like I, I was playing today, uh, you know, to make the video that I was playing in the background. So uh, I laughed out loud more than once because this game and, and doing humor in a game is not the easiest thing, especially a space game. So many space games are so serious. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do that. I just can't do that. I'm too silly myself. I just <laughs> there's I, a good I, mix of humor. Yeah. I started I, I start I honestly I started making it serious. It was very serious for like I got like five or eight events in and I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, because if it's too serious, it's like it weighs you down. Yeah, we it was it was kind of bumming me out. <laughs> like I I can't do this. I want I want, I, it's, it's like so important. Like you feel for the people, right? Because it's, it is about saving humanity, right? So if you don't yeah. care about humanity, you know, like, well, yeah. you know, who cares? But, but it was, it was, it was getting so dark. I'm like, oh no, I can't, I got to channel Douglas Adams or something. I, I, can't. I really appreciate you doing that because one of the reasons I cannot play FTL is because I, I like connect to I don't know how to describe it. I am. I, I have too much empathy for the people on screen. Oh, so like, I know what you mean. If one person I dies, losing crew. Yeah. Oh, if I hate one me. person dies, it's like, no, I'm done. I feel awful for the rest. I'm like, no, I'm not playing this again. <laughs> I can't I do even, it. I feel bad. Even when I've got a clone bay, you know, <laughs> like it just makes me feel bad. So yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. And uh, yeah, getting, so getting that, like getting that feeling right. And, um, and doing it, it's been, it's been an interesting thing. Cause I like, early on, I, I did get some feedback like, Oh, it's too silly. It's too lighthearted. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm staying the course. I believe in this. Um, so thank you for saying that. 
Yeah, no, you can't. You can never go wrong with looking at Douglas Adams as inspiration. I think so. You know. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've listened to that. If you want, if you want some great, if you want some more great inspiration, uh, I don't know if you've seen Red Dwarf. But oh yeah, oh with a cat and the hologram guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could probably get some great event ideas just from that show. Yeah, actually, I should I should go back and and do that, and that that's totally something I do. You know, like it's research. I'm doing my air quotes research. <laughs> I, you know, watch like everything, and you know, like always scribbling down ideas. I've got like a ridiculous amount of ideas. It's 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 almost like a problem, like deciding what new event I'm going to do. And as often as not, I kind of my list of things and just do something new. <laughs> this kind of ever growing thing. So how many events are in the game now? Uh, it's over 500. Holy I haven't Lord. done a, it's, it's a lot. I'll do a little cut. I've got a little script that'll tell me, um, while we're talking. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> there's, there's a lot. And, I, you know, originally I was like, so, so like spaz, you were part of the Kickstarter, right? So like, Originally, yes. I was like, oh, you know, probably need like 100 events. And then like, no, nah, we're probably going to need 300 events. No, and now we're going to need 500 events. And it's just, I'm not putting a number on it. It's just, I'm just going to keep writing them as long as people are buying the game. <laughs> I just love doing it. So, I mean, yeah, so I gotta that's, go. sorry, that's so much flavor. It would, could be so dark because i mean the premise for the game is pretty dark you're on the run from these aliens who are just kidnapping people it's it's creepy and horrible you just (laughs) run, you know it's it's the premise is so dark and yet there's so much humor there that like lets you breathe a bit you know it's just so important yeah uh, like i i feel like you know i went through the i I was running a a software development company during the great recession when that came down. And that felt a little bit like XO. Um, That was a really hard, that was such a hard time. Um, You know, it it was just, you know, there was a lot of like XO, right? Like I had to let go a bunch of people and that was just stab in the heart and not as bad as it was for them, but it was still bad for me. Um, The way worse for them. Um, And, you know, just, okay, I've got a much smaller crew. And we've got to make it, you know, like that's rough. Um, and I, I know a lot of people had it rougher, but it was not a fun time. And um, a lot of the things that I learned going through that, you know, like humor and like trying to bring fun to it, even though things are hard and, uh, you know, certain leadership things, really hard, 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 hard lessons. I tried to like put into the game um, and uh, you know, tangentially, uh, I, I, I don't want to say I participated in, but I, I saw the, the big, um, crash that the dot-com boom, I came from that, but I was out by the time that it really kind of all came clattering down. Um, and that was just a, that was a bloodbath too. So, you know, a lot of personal stuff came out through this too. Um, and, I think just to do it just as like a documentary would be, it would not be cool. And I, even I think, you know, as cool as and as great as Battlestar Galactica is, I think it would have been better if it would have been funnier, if there was more 
you know, they went, it was so dark uh, in the beginning. Yeah. I think, I think uh, BSG was kind of the, the start the the new BSG was the start of the grim, dark sci-fi aesthetic. Yeah. Many shows since have gone through, uh, you could say maybe it started with DS nine, at least. Sure. Yeah. The way the, the, the latter half of DS nine went, but yeah, BSG and, for and, sure. And, and that was, and that was only really because of the nature of the storytelling element of DS nine you know, where Trek traditionally was really episodic, DS9 kind of followed an overarching story. Yeah, the series. Yeah, whilst also having, like, moments of independent episodes, like, you know, your one-off cave stories. But, um... But, yeah, I I think some of that grim darkness also slipped in a little bit with... Um, Farscape, and probably a little bit with uh, some Firefly. Even though Firefly oh, I loved Farscape. I thought Farscape was such an underrated show. I really loved what they did with it, not just the visually. Thing, well, the thing, the thing. Um, sorry to go off on the tangent, though. But the thing about Farscape that I think is what's what made it underrated, unfortunately, was the fact that like it was such an out there sci-fi, right? Like, and it wasn't. Uh, yeah. You know, it was with a lot of puppets. So you had the, you know, the Jim Henson company was heavily involved in. Um, and so, but it like it lasted for four seasons, which, you know, which is, you know, strange considering how many other sci fi shows like didn't even get that. That yeah. came and went, you know, yeah. like you got Earth 2. Remember the, the awfulness that was Earth 2? I, um, I loved <laughs> Earth 2. It was so Earth stupid. Two, Earth 2 had. Earth 2 had some charm to it, but it was, it was really dumb. It was, I mean, it had Tim Curry and Clancy Brown. I mean... That's true. <laughs> That's true. It was yeah, such a, speaking was of like Grimdark... Space wizard. It was such speaking a dumb dark, show. It was but Space it was, Above and Beyond. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, Space Above and Beyond. That, that was an, definitely was, Grimdark. Yeah, which, is, which came out, like, middle of the run of DS9, if I'm not mistaken. So that was like a... Early I think mid, so. It was about mid mid nineties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mid nineties. Yeah, mid nineties. So yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like TV is such a harder medium t- to work with when you're kind of doing humor as well. It's one of the things that I love about just kind of doing the events is because I can have a bunch of dark events and then I can have just silly ones and they're just kind of mix and match. And it's it's not the same as like, you know, here we've got 40 minutes and somehow you've got to do something funny. And adhere to the the grim reality. Oh, so I've got 558. By the way, my Ooh. script wow. just completed. And you're so, still adding. And you're still adding more. Still, definitely added. We just added like eight and updates, uh, and I'm definitely still working on more of them. So yeah, it's it's coming along. I mean, you know, they're fun to do. Some of them are really simple, and some of them are crazy, like expansive. So yeah. It's, it's it's good times. I'm 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 hoping that at some point I'll be able to kind of open it up to modding or contributions or something like that. We tried to sort of design it mm. with that with that in um, mind. Chatham's over in the Twitch chat is wondering what happens if you go too close to the gravity well of a planet. I haven't tried that. Is that a thing? It, so it it's kind of a thing. Um, so you are prevented your ships won't fly 
too close to the gravity well. They won't fly so close to the gravity well that you lose them uh, because I thought that would be unnecessarily cruel. But whenever a ship becomes disabled, it begins, it begins tumbling into the gravity well. And at a certain point, it'll, it'll be beyond the reach of, of what your ships can safely do. So you're, you kind of have to watch them sort of tumble slowly to their doom and you lose oh. them. Um, I'm disabled. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> exactly. oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like, it's like that. And, uh, you know, there's, there's kind of the, the two losses. One, you can, you can get the ship back. If you, if you have the right equipment, you can, you can grab a disabled ship and actually, you know, make use of it, which is something that I've wanted to do in a game for so long. Like so few games allow you to, capture and reuse an enemy ship i feel like that's such a tragedy you know like so and the history of naval conflict and and any military conflict is all about taking the other guy's stuff taking prizes it's such a yeah absolutely such a it's all about taking prizes yeah so like a big part of this game is about taking prizes and and you've got a bunch of tools at your disposal to go in and grab ships and be like oh that's a good ship i'll have that you should um, uh, you should do you should do like a trophy room like an X Wing Alliance where it's just like you got a, a chunk of a ship from this battle and it like hangs over your bed. Oh, that's man, a really that? good idea. I totally do remember that, man. I played so much of that X Wing. I lost a lot of my life to that game. The whole series. Um, yeah, the, the trophy room idea sounds like something for achievements. Like, yeah, achievements. You go to the achievements page and it's your trophy room. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. So we've got like uh we've got a bunch of achievement ideas and the achievement engine is in. In other words, I can I can create something and it'll publish to Steam. But uh we had the one the test ones we had were lame, you know, like get one ship, you know. And I don't want to do achievements like that. You know, I, I I really don't like that kind of achievement, you know. Stay in the game for two minutes. You know, those Survive kind of achievements. for 33 minutes. Maybe. Uh, um, yeah. So I, I want to do them like, like they're legit achievements, like something hard, more like FTL style achievements, right? Where you actually have to do something pretty hard to pull off. So um, definitely actually, like, I was actually going to say there's a mission yeah. in the original Starcraft where you actually had to like the mission objective was to survive for a literal 30 minutes. I think I remember that. Um, I yeah, like, that's a, wow. <laughs> yeah, was it StarCraft or StarCraft Two? I forget. It was the first StarCraft. Okay. Yeah, that was another great game. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah. So, did I answer the question? I think I answered the. Question. I think you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's important. So, so, so yeah, I'm working on achievements. We're gonna get stuff. Sorry. Hunter, go ahead. Did I say something? I thought you said something. Yeah, that was probably oh. me just talking this about is, achievements. This is the pro- this is the problem with not like see- seeing each other on camera as we interrupt each other all the time. And <laughs> the problem the problem is we tried to do on camera once or twice and it was just really weird. So we haven't found a solution. Like besides just being polite about it. That's really the only solution we have found. Yeah, video's hard. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it's um it's literally the third mission of the game is survive for 30. Oh, oh wow. God. 
through I the magic I, of the internet. We I have that's why I remember it. I played, I, I actually played Starcraft back in the day. Uh, though I preferred total annihilation personally. Um, I played so much total annihilation, man. We, Oh yeah. Six oh, hour games where <laughs> you got these crazy big fleets and just, you know, I don't know if you've played zero K it's, it's a free no. game. It's a free game. It's probably the closest we I've seen to a besides Supreme Commander, obviously. Uh, yeah, it's probably one of yeah. the best Total Annihilation clones around. I was say, it's more it's more of like a a clone to Total Annihilation than Supreme Commander is kind of like a spiritual success. So that's true. Zero that, that, K, that, you play zero K, you're gonna be like, holy crap, this is Total Annihilation, <laughs> but with a better UI and better AI, like. There, that oh, game yeah, is the, a- the the AI is not. Uh, oh, it, back. it will kill you! <laughs> really, I don't even remember playing Total Annihilation. Oh no, we're talking about we're, oh, we're, we're talking about zero K. No, 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 no. I know. I'm just saying. Like, I don't. I don't even. I don't even remember if that was even a thing. But uh, yeah, I'll have to try it. It sounds really cool. I I love rts games i mean oh. obviously and it's, it's free so there's no yeah. reason not to try it Is it really? like, it's completely back. free yeah, yeah. it's right. amazing us. it's amazing uh, yeah well, I, thank you in advance for costing me 100 hours <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> yeah i i too am a i'm an rts fan i've been going through my collection trying to find uh games to stream and one of the first ones i'm probably going to do is battle for middle earth you know lord of the rings because those oh, yeah. games, those games are great. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had the time to sit down with that, and I keep meaning to, and it's just every time I do, I get pulled back into my own game. So it's fair. <laughs> I mean, you know, you yeah. want to sell your game. So it sounds like early access is uh, going quite well for you, which is good. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a really super experience. Like, uh, I, I, you know. It's it's over and above my expectations. Everybody's oh, been so good. so great, um, and the engagement has been really high. And I get these really great feedback um, things from people, and it's been it's been really good and uh, super risky. But <laughs> and this but, was uh, and this was yeah. after a successful Kickstarter, so you already had the um, the community from that. Yeah, and and they were also super great and. And oh my God, so patient. You know, we we said, I don't know what I was thinking, but we said we would deliver this thing like in 2016. Hmm. Um, so yeah. a little late. Little little bit late there. You know, um, as as long as you're transparent about why it's taking longer, most people are fine with it. You know? As, as- yeah. Actually, really, everybody was. I mean, there were a couple of comments where it's like, "Hey, what's going on?" And there, at one point, someone was like, "Hey, this is sort of a scam." And and um, mm. you know, my my response is just like, "Look what I'm doing." I mean, if it's a scam, it's really, really elaborate. Um, so you know, I mean, everybody. But apart from that, like the community, the Kickstarter community is so supportive and so fantastic, and and incredibly patient and supportive of you know what i did and uh yeah we we had a lot of challenges it turns out you know the ftl guys they gave a talk i don't know if you ever saw that their uh their um post-mortem of ftl Hmm, but i have seen that one 
Yeah, it's fascinating. It's really good to watch. And they said that they started from multi-ships and they decided it was too hard. Um, and they went to one ship. And I'm like, oh, yeah, challenge accepted. Um, <laughs> turns out it's, it is actually really hard. Um, a lot harder than I anticipated to sort of pull it all together and um you know when you know i i can be like a squirrel sometimes and you know like oh what's that shiny thing and you know, so we went down a few uh rabbit holes that we probably shouldn't have in service to making it really really cool um and i feel like it wasn't until maybe six months ago honestly that a really coming stopped thinking wow, I really have to do something to make this work because it sucks right now. Um, it, it, it started to really gel around six months ago. So, um, and that was, that's, we've been working on it for five years and three months now. Hmm. Damn. Yeah. When was the Kickstarter? It was a while back, wasn't it? It's like a few years ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah. It was 2015. Oh dear Lord. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Half a decade. (laughs) ago i did not realize it was that long ago (laughs) so long time ago yeah yeah i i realize it (laughs) oh boy well i mean i know it's 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 fine if you're showing progress like what's that one game star sector i don't know if you played that one it's amazing by the way but yeah he's been he's been kicking his early access he's not even on steam he's been kicking his things he's been kicking his tires since 2011 yeah, I know of Star Sector and I'm excited to play it. I haven't played it yet, but oh, it's so they, good. It, they take I I feel like if there was a way that this is just fantasy talk, but if there was a way that people could understand how much effort it takes to try something different mm-hmm. and and all of the effort that needs to go into that. I mean, it's already hard to do something that's like derivative right that's very hard to do already because of all the things that you have to pull together but like to do anything different it's it's all this trial and error and you can't it's impossible to estimate like how many times is it going to take us to get the user i don't know i mean yeah after after ftl came out like it almost spawned its own like sub genre of clones Mm. and and some of them did well and a lot of them didn't. Uh, but yeah. yeah, especially in this crowded environment, you really have to be different. And that it's, I, mm, <laughs> with anything, you know? Yeah. It's kind, of, I mean, it's kind of funny to call it a crowded niche, but that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, it wasn't for a long time, but now, right. Even that's the, what it is. Yeah. Even, even now, the space, even space, just space games are a crowded niche. <laughs> And, yeah, it's and, true. It's very true. And what's awesome is technology like Unity and we and uh, you know ubiquitous 3D software like uh, Blender and you know that's free. And you know there's so many things out there that are either low cost. It's just a measure of like time, right? Not, you know, not to mention the actual like game makers that you can buy to. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, so yeah, like to to pull that stuff together and to make it different is is an enormous thing. And I I love Kickstarter for allowing that to happen. I just 
wish there was a way to say, you know what, when you're when you're backing this game, it might take five years. It might take longer if you really want to, you know, if you really want to experience something that's different and not sort of. And there's nothing wrong. I mean, I play a lot of games that are games, like the number of tower defense games that I played that are kind of very similar, quite large. So you know, but but to do things different. It, it takes so much longer. I wish there was a way to sort of get that across. And a lot of the times the way that it comes across is um, failure because they run out of money, they run out of enthusiasm, they run out of support, whatever it is that they run out of. There's many things, unfortunately. Um, I just wish there was a way, you know, to, to encourage more of this sort of like long-term, let's, let's make something interesting and different. We're getting there. Yeah, no, I can't like it's it's hard to convey how much work goes into making one game. Or anything. Yeah. Or anything. Not just a game. Anything. Like creating yeah. something. Anything takes a lot of work. And like I mean, we have toxic gamers out there, but we also have a lot of great gamers who understand that. And which is great. Yeah, it's it's just sad that the toxic ones seem to be so loud sometimes. Uh, that's I, that's with anything. Truly, though. That's with anything. Yeah, though, I, but I truly think that there's more good than there is bad, but the bad's just so loud. Sometimes. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. There are so many, gr- I mean, you see a lot of crap gamers on like the steam forums and whatnot, but like when you think about it, they're definitely in the minority, like more, more people in the not are fans of gaming and understand yeah. how much work goes into yeah. these things. It takes yeah. energy to not be salty, to not be toxic. So yeah, it's, for those of us who choose it. to not be that way, yeah. it, it takes more effort. <laughs> it really does. It's true. It's true. It does. And I like I I have a lot of different feelings about this. I mean, on the one hand, I I feel strongly that when you put art out into the world, you need to be you need to put your big boy pants on and be able to mm. take like absolute Tiamat level of flame. Right. Right. Um, you, you just have to be able to withstand it. And if you can't, maybe that's not the right place for you to be because it's going to happen. Right. And, and so the counterpoint to that is anytime anybody says, says anything about my game, I'm thankful because I wouldn't know if they didn't take the time out of their lives to say something. And even if it's, it sucks. That's not great, but it's at least something. It's like, well, we're not there yet. <laughs> you know, you can learn something from that. But like crickets, that's the worst thing, right? That's that's you know what what is going on? I mean, that's a different kind of message. But um, so I, I I wish that there wasn't that level the level of toxicity that we sometimes see. I sometimes feel like some of it's justified. There's some there's some shady stuff that goes on sometimes, but it's it's uh, it's at least something, right? It's, it's at least like some sort of comment. Um, I'm not asking for that, by the way. <laughs> Good, because this game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the key point is from 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 the consumer perspective is try to be constructive, even if you hate it try to be constructive about it because if the dev doesn't get constructive feedback, 
they can't build a better game that you might like. Correct. Right. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, you know, oh, this game's crap. Okay. Like, why? Can you can you can you use the rest of your words to explain maybe why you don't like it <laughs> or why you think it's crap or yeah yeah. yeah. teasing that out is really tricky sometimes um but but you know being persistent you can you can sometimes really get some amazing things uh, although I'll, the the most fe- the the best thing i get is watching people play either you know a stream or like you know watching literally watching them play but you can still get an amazing amount just from a from a negative combat com- comment, excuse me, not combat. Probably <laughs> try not to do that when people are playing my game. I'm just trying not to get physical. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I it, it's really, it's really a tricky thing. There's a person and they have a job and they're making money and they're taking some amount of that money and giving it to me. And they have an expectation. They have a reasonable expectation of it working, it being entertaining, you know, this is totally reasonable, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's what we're doing. So um, you have to, you know, kind of be ready, ready for those different levels of things. Um, and that's, that, that's another reason why I'm like so thankful for, um, for early access, right. Is because it allows much more of that kind of dialogue and um, you know, people, most people understanding that it's not a finished product. Yeah. How long do you envision? The, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, for the record, I don't think this game's crap. I actually do like this. I, I like what you got going. Just for oh, thank you. Sake. Thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think we're all fans here. Uh, but I did want to ask, how long you envision uh, early access to keep going for? Uh, that's a really. It, it's another one of those impossible to answer questions. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I you know, I was <laughs> I was looking at Fortnite the other day, and they're still in early access. Wait, what? Um, yeah, Wait Fortnite, Fortnite still says early access, no joke. Um, <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I, I I don't want to go to that level where like those words mean nothing. Um, but you know, I've committed to do several more months, and you know, as long as people are buying the game, um, then and and giving me feedback. Um, then you know we're going to continue to 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 make it. At some point, it'll probably make sense to say, "All right, this is complete," uh, as a you know, like a 1.0 release, if you will, and uh, and then we move on to like maybe who knows what. Maybe we add more content, um, which I'm not going to do paid DLC stuff. I hate that. That just drives me crazy. Um, if we add content, it's just going to be a thing that you get because you bought the game. Um, right. we may do a sequel or a prequel or a completely different game. I don't know, but, yeah. um, but you know, we're in it for a long, long, long haul. Well, do the sequel where you're the harvesters and <laughs> basically <laughs> just trying to clean up a messy galaxy. Basically. You know what, you're Brian, just trying. I, I actually mentioned that on the exo discord. <laughs> yeah. Literally, uh, just today, I said, you know, if there's going to be a 4X version of this game, it's going to be you as the Harvesters against right. the other five factions. That's right. Bringing order to a chaotic galaxy. That's all you're trying to do, it's, you know? It's such an awesome idea. Um, <laughs> it's such an awesome idea. I, so there's two kind of general ideas that I have. One is a, 
prequel that's kind of a mm. more of a traveler style or th- style thing where you start with a very simple ship and then you know you can kind of work your way up um and kind of exploring just the universe the pre-harvester oh, universe it would be it would be fun around. to be like like a freighter captain in this u- in, in a peaceful version of this universe just going exactly. and making money like oh that'd be great yeah yeah oh precise. yeah yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that really gets me excited. I love oh. that idea. You oh, know, that's a ship upgrade. Yeah, I'm really kind of excited about that. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. Uh, and then the other one is sort of the obvious one where you, you know, it's, it's XO2 where you come and you, you take back everything and you find a way somehow to, <laughs> to take space back from, from the harvesters. Nice. So, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm first. But, um, and and make it make it better first. But uh but that that would be cool. I'd love to do that. And the mods too. I'm excited about opening up for modding. Oh god. Yeah. You know there's gonna be a Star Trek mod with the Borg like moments oh, yeah. after that comes out. <laughs> yeah, I'm psyched. I like somebody was mentioning a Blake Seven mod. Oh and- god. Oh man. Right. Like there's so, there's a lot of, there's like, cause I mean, with the existing engine, like I, you know, we can turn the harvesters off just like with a, as a mod option, like not oh, even really. And just explore and just, off. yeah. Oh yeah, wow. You can, yeah. Um, so like there, that level of like, I don't know if it's like a total conversion, but like you can, you can do that and make it a harvester free game. So you could almost do kind of like that prequel type thing or like a Blake seven um, sort of deal. So can I show you share real quick, my sad story about Blake seven? Oh yeah. I started watching it and I really liked it. I really liked the yeah. ship, you know, the liberator. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I want to learn more about the ship. So I look it up on Wikipedia, which spoils the ending of the show. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it oh, totally, no. t- it totally spoiled everything that happened in the lab. Like the ship was destroyed when this guy, I'm like, Oh, oh no. no. So I'm like, I can't watch this now. I'm really upset. <laughs> I, can't. I just, I, I, I was really, really upset. That's really rough. It's like Wikipedia should have a little spoiler thing too. Like, like, why would you do that? Like yeah, clearly people yeah. are coming here to learn about a thing, not to be spoiled for a thing. I don't know. <laughs> but I, some people like, uh, like really want the spoilers before they go in. Yeah, I mean that's fine, but like make that a like a like a, like a lot of things have spoiler tags. <laughs> yeah, like oh, yeah, I want to read. Like, uh, it's like tell me how bad Rise of Skywalker is before I go see it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing I don't do, care. Do you about really want to go there? Do you? Re- do we want to uh, go there? <laughs> I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm waiting till it comes to Disney Plus. I'm not in a rush. Look, for the for the record, I enjoyed the experience. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a very fun, Fast and Furious style movie. Really? Wait, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, listen, listen, listen. Let me explain. Okay. So the first few <laughs> Fast and Furious movies are okay, right? Like, yeah. they're 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 pretty. Well, in, except in, two. In the, in, two is the worst. Well, two is two is a pile of garbage. Uh, let's just, okay. let's just I, all be clear. I, 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 Let's, let's, so let's just minus minus two minus two. Yes, one yeah, and three are fine. Yeah, one Joker and three are fine. Jeffrey, okay. Yeah, 
just Fast and Furious, things start to get a little interesting. And then after that, they progressively get just more and more outrageous. Like, you know, Vin Diesel jumping across the bridge off of a tank or onto a tank. Like, I, I mean, did you uh, see? Yeah, 40, did you see a forty-mile long runway? Uh, well, Hobbs and Shaw has Hobbs and Shaw is a right. mutant in it for crying out right. loud. Just, just it, it, it escalates. Just every movie has it's to true. run up the previous movie. That's true. Yeah. That's that's what I mean. Oh, so, so this movie huh. is a crazy ride of just awesome things that are happening and interesting whatevers, but. <laughs> It's very loose on the plot, just like a Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw is great. I love Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, but no, I my, loved it. But my God, is it ridiculous? It's insanely ridiculous. But that you That's, know what you're getting into when you go see Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Like, you know what you're getting into. That's the rise of Skywalker. It oh, is all right. like... Okay. This is this is entertaining from a visual perspective. I have no idea what's going on, but man, <laughs> am I having fun? <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing it once it hits Disney Plus, uh, probably there later this year. <laughs> we will there's get a, a lot a, of wine. There's a rumor speculating that they're going to pull an end game and do another release in the theater. Um, of course they are with 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 some more footage apparently uh, and with like five minutes of more footage yeah okay yeah well well there's the then there's talking about doing like the like rumored jj cut where apparently it's what? gonna like 20 more minutes of that it's what? gonna be like a three hour long film <sighs> so oh, that, God. that's gonna be on disney plus apparently so who knows okay. Well, they need to sell Disney Plus subscriptions, especially now that The Mandalorian is done. Like, I know a yeah, bunch of people who canceled. Why, why, can you give a reason why you're canceling Disney Plus? Mandalorian <laughs> season one is over. Like, yeah, this, like this is the way. Yeah. This is the way, yeah. <laughs> I have spoken. I have spoken. Yeah, you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Yeah, my wife calls it the Baby Yoda show, but she 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 also digs it even as a casual Star Wars fan. So well done them, you know. It's great. I, you know, I I I wish that I'm not going to give any spoilers or anything. I'm just super disappointed in Rise of Skywalker, but but equally super hyped about the Mandalorian. I feel like that actually so delivered good. on my my little boy Star Wars desires yeah it's so good the show breathes you know it takes the time to like breathe and even though the episodes aren't that long they they still get a lot in there but they still doesn't matter they they yeah they pay some like these old like cartoon uh not cartoons but i mean comic books yeah westerns this this western like comic booky flair to them they they pay so well mm-hmm. Listen, I, honestly honestly i know i know there's some people that don't like them but i absolutely loved bill burr in that bill burr episode oh they were great like, I, who doesn't like them that, they were they're supposed to be well, a-holes there's, there's some and, there's some there's some controversy about his stand-up comedy where he makes fun of like nerds and stuff like that but mm. i'm just like come on but anyway no, like Sp- Space Boston is brilliant. Like it is. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, hey, my shoes. It matches the belt. It's just like, it's like, oh my God. Yeah, we got to take that ship over there. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's so. It's, hey, did you two make that? What is this? Oh. Uh, so I, no. I, I don't know. I don't know when season two is going to come out or anything. 
uh, later so, this year, I think. Like late this year. Really? They've already. I think they've oh. already started filming it. I think they've already started filming okay. it. Uh, if not, they're they're going to soon because, um, God, what's what's Cara Dune? What's that actress's name? Cara, what's her name? Um, I can't remember her name, but she's confirmed that she's back. Uh, Cara Dune I, playing Cara Dune, maybe I don't. No, know. I I can't remember the actress's name. Oh, damn. Anyway, uh, she was great. Um, I yeah. just can't remember her name. Um, and and I would oh, love. Back. Can we just get a mo- a Star Wars movie with both Billy D. Williams and Carl Weathers? That that's really all I want now. It's just the two right. of them in the same Star Wars movie. That's really right. all I want now. <laughs> he was I you know when I first saw him I'm like oh no, oh no. But he nailed it. He really did a good <laughs> he was job. So great. I love I yeah. I love Carl Weathers. So yeah. I was He says he totally says Mando like he's calling out for Rock. Hey, I, I know, I know. It's like a Rocky. He's like channeling Rocky like so well. So it's so nice. Like I, I'm hit or miss with Carl Weathers. Like Rocky Carl Weathers, I'm in. But um, yeah. Oh, I loved him so, in Arrested Development. Uh, I, I, oh, I, loved I never him. saw that. So oh, guy. yeah. Just watch the he first three a, seasons. Don't watch anything else. He had a very minor role in um, The Colony, which didn't last very long either oh really i never saw it oh yeah i only saw the first episode thank you jose the actress's name is gina carano that's the actress's name that i couldn't remember um she was great everyone was great i thought just about everyone was great in that show um folks if you haven't seen it the mandalorian is really fantastic it is the star wars we've been wanting since we were kids uh yeah it's it delivers wow rather than delivers. what we rather than what we actually got it is the star wars we have continued to want since we were kids yes um, side side note like i really man like i really hope that they finally go back in season two and explain some of the things that they've set up in season one because they set up a lot of like open-ended things about mm-hmm. Mandalorians in season one that they did not even get close to talking about. No, like, I, no. I think that's that my, my understanding of a couple of TV stuff sort of distantly. And my understanding is in order to get approval for something like that, you have to have like four or five years of at least the basic mm. thoughts kind of put together. And oh, maybe that was a reaction to something like lost. Um, but uh, <laughs> right, uh, the the best named series ever, uh, the most the most aptly named series ever. But uh, so you know, like I I I yeah, feel like I have to. Lost. <laughs> I don't know. I have to believe that they that they plotted out all that stuff for the Mandalorian culture because I think that's super interesting and it, and well and it is. But the the thing the thing that concerns me was is we had a whole lot of new lore that was introduced in Clone Wars and Rebels mm-hmm. that um, seemingly like, and, and there were Mandalorians in those shows that just helmet off all the time, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, not not just that though, but like there's just some there's some other things. Like in there, especially like stuff with Sabine, you know, mm-hmm. um, like in the clan that I, I know that there's there's ways of explaining the, the helmet thing. Like, I'm sure they can explain the helmet thing. I'm not too concerned about the helmet thing. Right. That that's just be, one example. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure they can explain that pretty easy because I can think of ways that they could explain that easily. But the uh, the thing that I'm really confused on is um, 
it was clear that it was during the Clone Wars that he was orphaned, but I, I'd yeah. like to know roughly when. And then hmm. the other thing I want to know about is, is when exactly did this purge happen? Because I say this because the purge um, at the end of Rebels was the beginning of essentially the timeline for a New Hope events. Yeah. So right. Mandal- Mandalore hadn't been purged at the end of Rebels. And then you have the four years during four, five, and six, and then five years after that. So in that four-year time span is when that purge had to have happened, but I would kind of like to know. Well, they're, they're talking about a sequel to Rebels. Maybe we'll get it in there. It's a, it's a pretty rich timeline, you know, post-Ewok post, uh, Ewok land. Right, like well, there's but, lots but, the, but, so, but like it could have been post Ewok land because that's like the Empire's gone. Yeah, but like, but there's still I I isn't it because there's still elements of the Empire that sort of disintegrate? I mean, that's what I thought was like cool about the Mandalorian is like here's these no, like yeah, you know, scruffy right. stormtroopers. Like oh, no, you're, you're right. I'm just saying that like in in the in terms of it was the Empire that purged Mandalore. So but anyway, I were yeah, like, yeah. way yeah. off topic. But yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh folks, the game. Oh, we and uh Lance just bought a copy. Lance on Twitch. Uh Lance2185. Hey, thanks, Thank you. Lance. Thank you, Lance. Um so Great folks guy, the game Lance by the way. Great guy. The game is XO, just XO. Those are the letters. Uh, it is currently on Steam in early access for fourteen ninety nine. Uh, that's U.S. dollars, and uh, it's it. We don't know how long the early access period is going to last, but it is. Uh, if you can, if you've watched the video on YouTube, I did a preview video a while back as well. It is already very stable and very fun, and both funny and mean at the same time. Um. So, yeah, and uh, there's a Discord. Apparently, you guys have a Discord. So uh, yes. head over to that if you have any questions. We will link to that in um, in the show notes. Uh, and just a couple of programming notes before we wrap up. Tomorrow uh, on the stream, what the hell are we doing tomorrow? I don't even remember. I think it's Fallen Haven. Yeah, we had a request yes. for the 1997 strategy game Fallen Haven from Interactive Magic. So that's what we're going to be playing tomorrow. And then next week on the podcast, um, sadly, a lot of people missed this, but there was a guy who bought the rights to the classic uh, Starship game, Rules of Engagement, and uh, made a Windows port of it. Yeah. Yeah. He made a Windows. I I saw the video of that. It looks really interesting. It's a fascinating. It's the the Rules of Engagement games, if you've not played them, folks are probably some of the most detailed starship, uh, like serious starship simulators you will ever get. Like, like basically there's just a few games in this realm. There's battle cruiser 3000, there's Starfleet two, there's the rules of engaging games. And then there's Klingon Academy and maybe close to broaching that is inter- is, um, independence war. That is it. And so this this gentleman uh, made a Windows port uh, for it's a DOS game because it came out in 1991. But he made a Windows port of it uh, that you can buy on uh, on itch.io right now for five dollars. And so we're going to talk to that guy next week about his process. Yes, Thorsten, that's exactly what I'm talking about. The early 90s rules of engagement uh, by. Oh, my God. 
the hell is that company's name? Omnitrend? Omnitrend, I think. Um, yeah, we're going to talk to him about his process of not only acquiring the rights, but porting it to Windows. Um, and also the game itself, because it's a really great game if you haven't played it. Uh, if you really want to dive deep into the weeds, uh, dig up a copy on eBay, like a physical copy, because it has still to this day some of the best physical manuals for any space game you will find. I'm not even kidding. Um, and they're not very so, expensive. So Im- Impressions Games, I think, might have been the one. They were the publisher of, I think, right, the, the second one. But oh, the develop, okay. but the developer was Omnitrend, I believe. God damn it, Omnitrend, yeah, 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 Omnitrend okay. software. Great, yeah. thank you. Uh, yeah, so yeah, this gentleman ported it to Windows and is selling it on uh, itch.io right now, actually. And uh, so we're going to talk to him about the process next week. Uh, so Brian, I want to thank you for coming on and talking candidly about not only the process of making your game, but um, the struggles of being an indie game developer. We love talking about that stuff. Um, Thanks for oh, having me. It's been, been an honor. Appreciate one it. One second. Thorsten, those were the Breach games, and Breach 2 worked with Rules of Engagement 1, and then Breach 3 worked with Rules of Engagement 2. And so for certain missions, if you boarded a ship, it would switch to this xcom Breach game, and you could like do the boarding action manually, and it was crazy for the early 90s wow you know what that reminds me of sorry yeah. i know we're trying to close out go ahead you guys remember um oh god destroyer command and uh silent hunter yeah and it, yeah it was a oh, it silent was, hunter oh my yeah, god it was so, it was like so yeah so it, like silent uh, hunter 2 and destroyer command like mm-hmm. you can play them together yeah yeah i remember that very sp- sp- succinctly yes i remember those <laughs> So that's yeah. really cool. I didn't realize there were like that was the only like thing that I've ever heard of until just now that were like two different games that you could play together like that. that that's yeah, really it is. Cool. It is. Uh, it, it's not done very often. So when it is done, it is really cool. Here's a. I'm putting the link in the stream chat for the uh, itch.io. Uh, yeah, it's five dollars, and the game is amazing. You guys like truly an amazing starship sim. Like no, there's hardly anything else like it. So, and so we're going to have them on next week. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so uh, yes, Brian, thank you so much for coming on to talk about XO. Uh, as always, thank you to everyone who spent time with us tonight, who hung out, who talked in the chat. Uh, if you, if you like what you hear, give us a like on iTunes. I, I don't ask for this very often, but we're starting a new decade. So I'm going to do a little, little bit of pimping to start the decade. Uh, like us on iTunes, uh, you know, tell your friends, uh, we have a Patreon. We're trying to do this full time. Um, we're getting there slowly, but surely, uh, you can go to spacegamejunkie.com slash support. Uh, and there are links to our merch shop, our Patreon. We have affiliate links, for stores like the Epic Game Store and Green Man Gaming. Uh, so if you can help us out in any way, it'd be great. Even if it's just giving us a like on YouTube or giving us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Anything you can do to help get more eyes on this would be amazing. And with that, we will say good night, and we will see you back here tomorrow morning. Uh, 9 a.m. Pacific time with some fallen haven. Have a great night, everyone. Bye-bye.